to the Dialed Health Podcast. My name is Derek Thiel. I'm the owner and head coach here at dialedhealth.com. And this week, I'm going to tell you all about my last month of not drinking alcohol. We're going to get into why I'm not drinking momentarily and what moderation actually is. Because I think where I sit with alcohol is going to resonate a lot more with the people listening to this show than other content that I've found trying to learn about it. Uh, because I'm not just out getting hammered every weekend or, or ever, really. It's been years <laughs> since I've drank like that. But I do drink very frequently to the point where I feel like it's more than moderation. But we're going to find out what that really means in a second. We're also going to talk about what happens to your body when you drink alcohol. And more importantly, what happens to your body once you stop drinking alcohol. And I want to just, by the way, say it feels so good to be back on the mic right now. Recording a podcast, this is such an outlet for me. And I want to thank everybody over the last two months for just being patient with me coming back to the podcast. I really did have to put a lot on pause and get my ducks in a row with Dialed Health on the back end. And I've done that to a point now where I feel like we're ready to build back up again. And honestly, I think the business is in the healthiest place it's ever been. So the work has been absolutely worth it. And I appreciate your uh, your patience in waiting for this episode. So let's get back into it. First, I got to thank BPN, Bear Performance Nutrition. Highly recommend going and trying their Strong Greens and their Strong Reds health and wellness line. It's basically a superfood blend that gives you really all the vitamins you need throughout the day. I've been actually adding five grams of creatine and also taking their Strong Multivitamin while I drink it. And it just feels like you're getting punched in the face with health. <laughs> you know, it's, I can't even just say it's placebo because, I mean, you look at all the ingredients in this thing and it's, it's a beautiful concoction of everything that you need as an athlete and as a human to perform and feel at your best. So go to Bear Performance Nutrition. You can use the link that's in the description and that will basically show them that I referred you to the website. So check that out. Feel free to reach out if you have any other questions on their products. I'm using basically everything in their line. It's amazing. Now let's get to why I'm not drinking. I've thought about taking some time off of alcohol in general for a while. And I, to be honest, just haven't been convicted enough. And it sounds weird, but even though it's it's been nagging at me literally for six months, I have thought there's been times where, let's just say I'm listening to my own motivational podcast or, you know, Ed Milet show, or I'm listening to Kevion. These are some of like my motivation gurus that I go to when I need some of that inspiration. And I start thinking about anything in my life that's holding me back. The number one thing I think about over the last six months, quick, first thing, I hate to say it, but I almost can't think of anything else. It's alcohol. And it just kept coming up over and over and over again. And you know, I'd wake up, I had like two old fashions the night before, and I'm just feeling groggy. I'm going into work. And literally all I can think about is like, dude, why are you, why do you want to feel this way? Like no you know, you're not drinking a lot, but like, you don't feel good. You know, you don't feel good. <laughs> like you have to nip this in the bud. You got to cut this out for a while. In fact, I've had a note on my phone for at least six months, if not even longer than that, that says, take your foot off of the brake because I train freakishly consistent. I'm riding my bike four days a week. I'm strength training two days a week. I have one day dedicated to rest, which is no intensity. And I do mobility and recovery work every single day. I eat an incredibly well-rounded diet, high protein, whole foods, uh, <laughs> lots of vitamins, lots of minerals, but I'm putting alcohol on top of it. And it just feels like all the benefits I'm getting the, from those things are being halted by this poison that I'm putting in my body. And listen, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to demonize alcohol on the show and talk about it like it's just some crazy thing you cannot ever put in your body because 
if you know me, you know I love a cocktail. That's like one of my favorite things on the planet. In fact, before I stopped drinking this month, I had a gin and tonic for the first time, which is kind of weird because it's such a standard issue drink, but I never drank gin. I've always drank tequila or even vodka and uh, unfortunately whiskey, which it's so good. But man, I don't think anything destroys me more than whiskey, 100%. But I tried a gin and tonic and then I tried this really good Japanese gin and that's what I've been craving all month. So Again, I'm not going to tell you I'm never going to drink again. I'm not telling you that you're a bad person or it's just like the worst thing you can ever do. But I will say you're going to get to levels in your own health, in your own performance, in your fitness where it's not about what you can do more of, but it's about what you can stop doing that allows your results to go further of the stuff that you already are doing. Like There is a point where you cannot keep adding on and adding on and thinking that you're going to get more results because there could be something that just has the brakes on it's holding you back. And for me, it is 100% alcohol. The other thing I had in that note was about my sleep, which has gotten better over the years. But you know, you guys, I went from being a personal trainer doing PM and AM sessions. So sometimes I'd be in the gym till 930 at night. And then I'd be back in the gym the next morning at 5am. And I did, I did this for years because you have to work when other people don't work to get clients in. And so that went for it went from that kind of schedule to having, you know, three kids in two years <laughs> and then going through COVID and all the weird navigation of that and online and like so many weird schedule changes uh, and also me trying to push my own limits with work. So I got to a point where I'm just not sleeping very much and it's gotten better and better as my schedule has gotten more online. Well, it's been completely online until taking a few people in person recently, but yeah, it's the sleep has gotten better. But what's crazy is that I'm not sleeping that much more than I was like, I'm like a seven hour a night guy. I'd like to get to eight, but Seven is like amazing for me right now, but not drinking has almost had this snowballing positive effect on those other things, like the quality of my sleep, which again, I sleep like a rock, no, whether I drink or not, but it's like the way I feel waking up and throughout the next morning and throughout the next day. And, and it is just, it's really cool. <laughs> my recovery, it's, we're going to get into that and talk about it, but basically this has been <laughs> a nagging issue for me for a while. And it wasn't until I committed to the vert challenge, uh, a ride that I'm doing August 19th, starting at 10 AM, I'm going to be double Everesting on my road bike, which is climbing 58,064 vertical feet in one ride. And my goal is to do it within 24 hours. Now, this is a ride that is going to push me beyond anything I've done before. I mean, I've done some 20 hour rides. I've ever stood on my mountain bike, on my uh, road bike. I have done multiple rides around 15 K, uh, well over a hundred miles. I've done double centuries. I've done, I've done big rides in the last couple of years, but this is going to be without a doubt, something that pushes me further than I've gone. I mean, this is a start moving forward ride people. I, <laughs> I am literally going to ride into the night and through the night and into the next day. And I've never experienced that before. So I know that the best thing I can do to prepare for this is actually get pretty dang light because my consistency is there with my training. I feel great because of not drinking my food choices, the training, uh, getting a little lighter, but like making sure I don't have excess body fat is so important. And I put more emphasis on this than maybe you'd even expect because there's one thing I'm compensating for and that's ride volume. The truth is, you guys, even though this ride is extremely important to me, it doesn't take priority over my time with my family. It doesn't take priority over my business, my relationship with my kids, my wife, my faith, even going to church on the weekend, which like all this stuff adds up. And so we're talking this is like fourth, fifth, sixth down on the list. 
So I can't just start going to do 20 hour weeks on my bike to train. I can't do 15 hour weeks. In fact, a 10 hour week for me is good. I'm typically between like seven and 12. And that's just like my ballpark range. And so it's not going to get any crazier than that. A 12 is like a huge week for me. <laughs> so it's not what you would expect for me to be able to take on a ride like this, but it's I literally am able to compensate for it with my consistency, but also making sure that I am light for this thing and giving myself an advantage. And I'm not going to lose muscle because even though some people think I'm like buff, which is crazy, it's generous because I'm, I'm literally 5'9", I'm 155 pounds. I don't have as much muscle as people think, <laughs> to be honest, uh, but I still have body fat to lose. Like right now I'm 10.5%, excuse me, I was 10.5% body fat before the start of the month. I'm down in the nines now. And I know that getting down to about 8% body fat would allow me to lose five pounds of fat. If I'm hitting my protein goal, if I'm strength training, I could lose five pounds of fat in this time and save a significant amount of effort on this climbing. In fact, I've been watching these random GCN videos where they climb one hill and they do it with a five kilo backpack and then without a five kilo backpack and they ride it at the same wattage. Now this climb in particular, this one video I found, they, it was like a 20 minute climb. And when they added the 10 or excuse me, five kilo backpacks, like 10 pounds, it added a minute and like 45 seconds to their climb or a minute and a half. It, it was, it was significant. And when you compound that over the course of what I'm about to do, and of course it's about half the weight that I'd be losing. I'm still thinking like, oh my gosh, at the same wattage, like I could be saving 20, 30 minutes. And over the course of 24 hours, this would be like a lap quicker for me. Cause I have to ride like 45 laps of this hill that I'm doing, uh, which by the way, I am going to release the details after I finish this ride. And so, you know, we're documenting the entire thing. And so we have two videographers coming out. We're doing a huge premiere in Sacramento, August, or excuse me, October 1st. And I'm super excited about the details, but I don't want to, you know, talk about it too much and bring anything weird into it, any obstacles that we don't need. So keep that in mind. I'm not going to tell you the details, the location, exactly where it is, but I do have to do about 45 laps of this climb to hit 58,000 feet. Now, those are the two big reasons why I haven't been drinking since July 1st. So... To recap the two reasons why I've been doing this, it's because I've literally felt like alcohol is holding me back from the last six months. And I also want to prepare for this vert challenge in a way that actually suits my lifestyle that is realistic for me to accomplish. Now, let's talk about what moderation is and how much I've really been drinking. So the CDC defines moderate drinking as adults who choose to drink by limiting intake to two drinks or less in a day for men and one drink or less a day for women. Now, I'll tell you, I, I think most high-functioning adults are honestly in this category of moderation. And that's kind of where, where I've been because I haven't been blacked out drunk in years. I, it's literally, I don't think it's been since my son was born. Or maybe there was one. I, I remember the last time I drank to the point where I was kind of blacked out was Halloween. It was either the year my son was born or the year right before. I can't remember which one it was. Part of me thinks it was the year my son was born. But... I ended up lighting my costume on fire while I was wearing it. And <laughs> it was it was insane. I think that night at like 2 a.m., we were in a jack-in-the-box parking lot and I puked in it. And I literally at that time was like, what the heck am I doing? And you know, at the same time, you guys, this might have been this was before I started the podcast, I think, but talk about feeling like you are an absolute fraud is when you're in that position and the next day you're giving people health advice. I mean, I, in my head, I was like, this goes against everything I stand for. I'm freaking done. And I have a video of lighting my headpiece on fire. It's pretty, pretty gnarly, actually. 
but since then i i have drank to the point where it's like i would say one to two drinks a night but then again some nights and this will be on like a weekday and i noticed this through covid a lot was you know i'd have three i'd have three cocktails and it's wednesday night and the thing is i know that's not crazy and I know there's a lot of people listening to this that have half a bottle of wine a night or they have a four finger pour of whiskey every night or they have a bottle of if you're drinking a bottle of wine a night, you gotta you gotta talk to yourself about that. That's real. And there's a lot of people doing that. And like the beer, the all the consumption, it's it's not that it's so extreme because again, you're a high functioning adult. You probably have a successful career, you have a family, maybe you're in pretty good shape, you have hobbies, like you're you're a productive member of society, a positive member of society. But I would be lying to you if I didn't say that that amount of drinking wasn't holding you back from a health standpoint. There's just no way to argue it. And I think I'm about to prove that to you right now. So that's really where I've, I've sort of been. And the fact that I've gotten to the level of fitness I've been in recently with drinking that amount, I'm actually kind of kind of surprised. And, and I think there's a lot that has to do with it. It's it's literally me doing everything else right. The fact that I'm only 31 and I don't have too many years of this under my belt, even really, because I, I didn't drink till I was 21. But since I started drinking at 21, I haven't taken more than a month off of drinking at a time. And that's only been sporadically over the last decade. And yeah, I've just noticed that as my fitness has progressed, as my nutrition has gotten better, as I've had more life responsibilities, it has conflicted more and more and more. And I'm just seeing the impact of it. And so, so let's talk about what happens to your body when you drink alcohol. Now, your body treats alcohol like a poison, which means as soon as you drink it, it stops metabolizing other nutrients until it's eliminated. So other excess calories are stored as fat while alcohol is present. This is how it slows your metabolism. This makes post-drinking binge eating <laughs> a recipe for fat storage. With lowered inhibitions, you're also setting yourself up for failure because if fat loss is a priority. Now, Essentially, your liver goes to work on metabolizing and getting this alcohol out of your body as soon as it's present. Now, one fact I heard, I don't know how real this is because I heard a couple that were, they were close, but it basically said that it takes an hour for every drink that you consume for your body to metabolize it out of your body. And there was another thing that just said five hours and it sounded like they were averaging it to be honest. But if you had one drink, it would take like an hour for your liver to process it out. And then if you add up to eight drinks, it would take eight hours. This other study said five hours. Long story short, it's going to take some time for it to metabolize out of your body. And that doesn't mean you don't feel the effects of it. Obviously, a hangover is going to last uh, potentially days, but it's going to take that amount of time for your body to process it and get it out, which means that any food that you eat after that isn't being utilized as fuel because it's put on the back burner and held as storage until this alcohol is out of your bodies. Now, here's where the real problem starts, especially for me. I get so hungry after I drink alcohol. And the thing is, and, I, and what I really think is happening is my, my history of food and the way I used to eat growing up was so, so bad. You know, sleeves of Oreos, eight jelly-filled Krispy Kreme donuts. Like, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. So I just used to eat so gnarly that for me to drink and then all of a sudden want pizza and want ice cream and all these things, I think it's more so of the effects of the inhibitions being lifted off of my brain, <laughs> me just not caring, being like, it, I literally get to that mentality where I'm just like, F it, man. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to be a trainer. Like, get me out of here. And like, I can just start eating whatever. And it's crazy because you have that mentality and you act on it at literally the worst time. If, if being lean or losing fat is valuable to you at all, eating after you drink is literally the worst time you can do it. 
And on top of the lowered inhibitions, alcohol is proven to be the least satiating calorie source, but again, it's likely to make you feel hungrier. Besides alcohol being horrendous for your ability to maintain a lean body mass or even lose fat, it does mess with your testosterone levels in a negative way for the most part. And that's in excess of alcohol because when you have just two to three drinks, it's shown that men can actually increase their levels of testosterone short term. But once you go past that, it starts to reduce up to like 45% lower than sober men. Now, this reduces muscle protein synthesis and that is no bueno for you actually trying to make gains, whether it's with your strength training or even recovering from your rides. And we also know alcohol affects your sleep by increasing alpha wave patterns in your brain, which are only supposed to be present while you're awake. So on top of the reduced muscle protein synthesis, potentially reduced testosterone levels, you also are staying more awake at night. And this is how alcohol I guess indirectly affects so many other layers of your performance because it just messes with your recovery. And then when you start compounding it to a lower quality training session the next day because you're hungover, you're more dehydrated, you add these layers onto it and then you compound it over time and it becomes more and more clear how negative alcohol is from you actually achieving your highest level of performance. And if you still decide to drink, just make sure that you have a quality cup of coffee for the next morning. My personal choice is Remedy Coffee. It is owned and operated by a Dialed Fan member and roasted locally, at least local for me. But what's cool is that they ship all over the world. Use the link in our description to go to their website and try their coffee out. Honestly, I'm really hooked on their blends right now. And the best thing is that they can come ground for you. I hate grinding my coffee. And I know coffee snobs out there are going to say, oh, it's not as fresh, whatever. But I ain't got no time to be grinding all my coffee. I'm pouring it in my $30 coffee pot, and I just want it to taste good. And it does. <laughs> and I also recommend their instant coffee if you haven't tried it. Great just for the convenience of coffee, either on the go or if you're traveling or camping or on a ride, anything like that. So use code DialedFam, Remedy Supply Co. Save 15% off site-wide. Now let's say you decide to stop drinking. What is so miraculous about our bodies is how fast they can heal themselves and what you can expect as you start to, I guess, get this alcohol, this poison out of your body. Now, there are some facts and timelines here, and I'm going to implement what I've experienced along the way. And let's start with 12 hours out. So 12 hours after the alcohol is out of your system, you're going to your sleep patterns are going to start regulating. So you're not going to be as interrupted. And hopefully all those things about the alpha brain waves I was talking about, the reduced muscle protein synthesis, your recovery in general, those things are going to start to improve. Now, 24 hours out, your weakened immune system starts to return to normal. The thing that's really interesting about this 24-hour mark is it's also when you start to feel the most withdrawals from drinking. And I thought this was interesting because culturally – you typically drink in the afternoon. You know, five o'clock is kind of like that benchmark of it's okay to start drinking now. And that's about the time people do. But also that's the time you tend to crave it more and more. And it's it's funny because I could literally not think about drinking all day and I'll get to that 24 hour mark. And it, you know, there's all sorts of triggers. I know that my kids crying and at night really triggers me to want some alcohol. <laughs> dinner time, cooking. These are all things, you know, you're done with the work day, like whatever it might be. These are all triggers. They are all habits, but you're also battling the real feeling of withdrawal that comes 24 hours because you're always on that 5 PM loop. And I thought that was just kind of fascinating because I, it's something I battle with so much. Now, three to five days after drinking, your blood pressure will start to drop. One week, your appetite decreases 
uh, improvements in skin due to hydration and general health and well-being. I think that's actually pretty uh, on point. I have noticed that my skin has been very clear for the last, I guess the last month, really. I don't have huge problems with breakouts. Really, the better my nutrition's gotten since my early 20s, the better my skin has gotten over time. And again, is that, is that hormonal just because I'm getting older? Is it because my diet's improved? Is it because I'm drinking more water? And I'm sure it's a little bit of everything, but there is something when someone is eating healthier, they're sleeping better. There's a vibrance or like a glow. It's like the pregnancy glow <laughs> that you can see in people. And I have noticed this when I've trained people in person, when I have a client who is on track and they start losing weight and they're hitting their workouts, they get a vibrance to them that is completely different from what they look like when they're putting on weight, skipping workouts and stressed out. It is so visually obvious. And I think when you start working with someone closer and closer, it's easier to notice. But there's been so many days, like someone just walks in the door and literally without even talking to them, I can just tell whether or not they're on track just because of their, it's their energy, it's their vibrance, it's their skin tone, it's their, it's like their aura. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds super goofy to even say it like that, but it's the truth. Like you can spot this from a mile away when you get to know somebody. And so I think that's a very real thing. One, thing I've noticed personally that I didn't see any research on is the bloat that comes along with alcohol. And it doesn't even matter what type of alcohol, because it's more of like an inflammation in my lower stomach that I feel. And obviously I think beer tends to leave people more bloated. Like you get guys with these like pregnant looking bellies that drink all this beer because they're just so bloated and inflamed. And it has to do with genetics and where they hold weight and everything. But there's the real amount of bloat that comes along with just beer specifically. But any alcohol is going to make your gut and your internal organs inflamed. And we're going to talk about how long it takes to actually recover those things. But what I notice is that my lower abs or my lower belly and like my back fat and kind of around the, it's sort of the front part of my belt line in general. It's just like extra squishy. And it's weird because by extra squishy, I literally mean not only do I feel like I have an extra layer of fat and water, but I don't feel like my, my muscles are as tight. And it sounds, again, it sounds like not, this is like when someone says, I just want to tone my muscles. And you're like, well, it's impossible to tone your muscles. Like, do you want to burn fat or do you want to build muscle? We're not toning anything, you know, like every trainer will tell you that. But like when I feel my stomach, I'm like, it feels squishier. It feels like my muscles are less engaged. I can't brace as hard and it just feels inflamed. I noticed that that starts to go away within days of not drinking. So there's been multiple times this year where I haven't drank for a week or, you know, three days, four days, or just five days, you know, Monday through Friday. Well, really it's Monday through Thursday because of course the weekend starts Friday. <laughs> and so I'll notice that that goes away in a few days. And it's really interesting. I didn't see any, any research on that, but that's just a personal experience that I have. And obviously if you have a lot of weight to lose, you might not notice that as much, but the leaner you are, the more you can tell these like differences, especially like in your lower stomach. And so, yeah, just kind of interesting. I noticed that if we go to a couple of weeks out, your cognitive function starts to improve along with your kidneys recovery. We go one to two months out, your liver starts to recover, and then that gut inflammation starts to go away. So I talked about the inflammation kind of, it's like subcutaneous fat, on the outside, lower abs, kind of around my belt line. But when we talk about gut inflammation, we're talking about like your small intestine, like deep, <laughs> your real gut, where nutrients are seeping out of your wall into your bloodstream. Like your gut is actually getting inflamed from this poison that you're putting in it. And 
it has to recover. It takes some time. And then uh, it takes some time. And then up to two months for your heart to start repairing. And again, I don't know the the ins and outs of the the real deep science on this. But the biggest thing I noticed with my heart is that my, for one, my resting heart rate, it feels lower. And I think that's because my blood pressure is lower. Now, this is one time when I wish I had some kind of, I guess I can look at my Garmin HRV score just during the day, but I don't have something I'm wearing, you know, 24 seven to really evaluate how much my resting heart rate has changed. But I will say you can feel the significant difference in blood pressure after one month of not drinking. It feels like you have a lower resting heart rate and I have a way less sporadic heart rate when I start getting into higher intensities. Now, it's funny because it's almost like a prolonged side effect of COVID. It seems like as people have this crazy high heart rate. I know the highest heart rate I hit all year was after having COVID. It was like three weeks after it. I went for this like KOM effort and dude, it was the highest heart rate I've seen in a while. And it kind of freaked me out. But I remember even warming up in the process, I felt like I had this jumpy kind of heart rate. And I noticed that when I'm hungover as well. And if I'm just drinking regularly, which is kind of the norm, there are times when as I'm breaking through kind of my warm up, it feels like my heart rate can spike real quick and then kind of like resettle. Or during my warm up, my spark, my heart rate gets fast really quick and then it kind of settles in. What I've noticed since not drinking is how steadily my heart rate increases with an effort or with a warm up. Uh, and it feels like my breathing's more under control. It's really, uh, again, it's really interesting. And I'm not trying to create all of these magical things based off of placebo because I'll tell you, my bias is toward wanting to drink a hundred percent. I don't want these things to be real. You guys, I, do, I don't, I love drinking alcohol. I love the way it makes me feel in the short term, but you cannot deny after a full month of not drinking how much it really does affect you negatively. And I hate that. I really hate that. So when I bring up these things that I'm noticing, I'm not trying to sell not drinking like it's the greatest thing ever because I know it's actually pretty difficult and it kind of bums me out because I don't I don't feel like I could live up to my potential and drink regularly. I just don't. And literally if I could just have a drink every night, I would. And I've been doing that, but again, I don't I don't know if I can go back to it. And and my deadline for you know, not drinking is August 19th, which is this ride. Cause afterwards I'm like, dude, you know, I'm popping a bottle of champagne when I finish this ride. I got to celebrate. This is my tour de France. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is my, I mean, I'll do races and everything, but still it's, it's going to be something worth celebrating. And I want to make sure that's my hard line. And then after that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think that I, I don't know if I trust myself to be able to only drink one day per week. And like when I'm really honest with myself, because it's such a slippery slope. I mean, how many times have you told yourself you're going to have one drink a week and then you have it Friday night and then Saturday night rolls around and you're like, well, it's Saturday and you have another drink. And again, it's like it's just such a slippery slope. And I, I I don't know how to navigate that yet because I, I know that I don't want to go back to drinking as regularly as I was. And then when I think about special occasions, to be honest, I maybe that's once a month, like a real true special occasion, uh, whether that's a birthday or a party or a holiday, it's like once a month. So it's like, okay, that's not very often at all. And that kind of uh, bums me out. Like I want to drink more than that. So again, I'm telling you guys right now, I don't really know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to have to decide before this ride's over because I know the most important thing is to have somewhat of a game plan and to, and to tell people, have some accountability. You know, if it's your spouse, you got to tell them what you want to do. If you are connected with a, 
online group, you got to tell them what you want to do. Just friends, whatever it is, because like, I'll tell you for me claiming that I'm going to do this double Everest ride on this day and I'm not going to drink until it, it, like that is the ultimate form of accountability. There's actually been multiple times this year where I've wanted to cut out drinking. Like I said, it's been nagging at me, but I haven't had that actual push to do it. And part of the reason it feels like it's because I haven't put that accountability on myself and really claimed it. So once I did that, I knew I was all in. And I think that's how you can tell you're really serious. If you're willing to put yourself out there like that, you can tell that you're serious and you can take yourself serious. So to wrap all this up for you, I think the real point is not to tell you to drink or not to tell you not to drink, but I think it's really ask yourself, what is holding you back right now? What break is your foot on right now that you can lift and allow the results of all the other positive things you're doing in your life to come to fruition and help you accomplish your goals? I want you to think about that this week and really be honest with yourself, be accountable, and if there's any way I can help, I would love to guide you through the process. As you know, Dialed Health is strength training for cyclists, so if that's something that pops in your head, go to dialedhealth.com, get yourself a membership, and start strength training today. I can help you choose a program using the program questionnaire, and if you also want to just support the podcast and all the content I'm putting out at Dialed Health, that is the avenue to do it. Your subscription at dialedhealth.com is what allows me to get this podcast edited professionally. It is what allowed allows me to upload new programs to the platform and keep this app developing. So thank you so much for the support, you guys. I hope you have an incredible week. If you can go and leave a five-star review at the Apple Podcast app, I would very much appreciate it. And share this on your social media. Let people know that you're listening to it. Make sure that you tag Dialed Health in anything that you do so that I can see it. And with that being said, start moving forward. I will see you next Monday.